Drive into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 45 of Breaking Bats, presented to you by Not For Long Media. I'm your host, Brian O'Grady. With me, as always, my co-host, Justin Ayers. J.A., what's going on, dude? How you doing? I'm good, man. So we brought this up last week. Uh, with, with it being episode 45, and Baseball Reference apparently has a feature I didn't know existed, but this is the, this is the Zach Wheeler edition of, of Breaking Bats. This is the episode 45. I totally dropped the ball. This is hand up. I fucked up. I totally <laughs> ate too much on Thanksgiving and all that and forgot about what we were going to do. And thank you for uh, picking me up because <laughs> I screwed up. That's all me. The Zach Wheeler episode of Breaking Bats podcast. Sorry. There's a, there's a, I didn't even notice. I'm on baseball reference. They have uniform numbers and they have like players who wore it in 2022 and they have it ranked them based on war. So Zach Wheeler is the, the top number 45 war getter with a five war. And then Matt Moore of the Rangers. Remember Matt Moore? Rays. Oh, yeah. Uh, now he's in the bullpen. He had a 2.4 war. He tied with Garrett Cole, who also had 2.4 war. So uh, shout out. Those are your top shooter in the game. <laughs> Garrett Cole. Yeah, that, that 2.4 war is, is tainted. It's not a clean 2.4 war. Wanted, um, I love it. I mean, you know, who knows? But the uh, I'm all for Manoa just stoking the fire of a rivalry there between the, with the Jays and the Yankees. I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. I think that's hysterical. All right. Uh, we have uh, a quick word before we get to our interview for this week. Uh, this episode, it's brought to you by our friends at Psalm Sleep. Are you having trouble getting enough sleep at night? Because Psalm Sleep has you covered. The scientifically advanced Psalm Snack includes ingredients that are naturally found in your body like GABA, magnesium, and melatonin. Sleep is the best form of recovery, and it has helped people everywhere take their games to the next level. All you have to do is drink one serving 30 minutes before you go to bed. Your body will naturally calm itself down. Uh, wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day. Go to GetSom.com, click shop, and enter the code BATS, B-A-T-S, at checkout for 10% off of your entire order. All right, uh, Brian, it's, it's a fun guest this week. We're going to have him be, you know, the the content for uh, of our episode this week will be uh, none other than the Saugus Rocket, un unbiased national baseball journalist, Jared Carabas, our pal. Uh, how much fun was that? We're, we're taping this out of order, but I mean, that that was, you're about to hear a great episode. You know, Carabas is the best, man. He is nonstop, just going, loves, loves baseball. Loves putting out the content. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. He's a great dude, aside from that. But I think he's hysterical on Twitter. I think all the stuff he does is, is just great. Uh, last time we had him on, it was before he made his move to DraftKings and, and all the stuff that comes with it we talk about in there. Um, but, man, he's been great to us. Uh, I'll always be a fan of his, and, and I know you've enjoyed talking to him, too. It's the best. Yeah. He, he just brings like this, this energy to covering baseball. He's just, you know, dynamic. He, he knows his stuff. Like there really isn't another person covering baseball nationally like Jared does. Um, and it's the best. And I, I'm so thankful that like you and him have, you know, gotten so close and you just, you know, call him up 
get them back on the Breaking Bats podcast because uh, I enjoyed the hell out of the first conversation in February, and I think this one's going to be even better. So uh, very excited for for this week's episode with our guy, Jared. Yeah, man, and, and Dallas, maybe one day we'll get Dallas, his, his partner over there on here too. They're, they're great together, and him talking about that dynamic was awesome, but you're right. He brings just some fun to a space where – uh, I think baseball really needs it to have some more personality covering covering this stuff. So with all that being said, let's send it to our interview with Jared Carabas. And joining us today on Breaking Bats is the tribal chief of baseball Twitter, unbiased baseball journalist, the Rocket, the man himself, Jared Carabas, the host of Baseball is Dead podcast and the Jared Carabas podcast, of course. What's going on, brother? Thanks for coming back. This is the second time we have him on. So, how you doing, man? I was gonna say, I feel like I feel like a lot's changed since since the last time we've seen each other's faces. It's uh, it's it's the end of the year. Uh, things are good though. I mean, th- yeah, I, I I certainly have no complaints. I I've been telling people that this is probably the most like refreshed, like most energy I've had left in the tank at the end of a year. Uh, the least burnt out that I've felt at the end of a year. So it's been nice. It's been nice, uh, a nice pivot from the usual just crash in November where I feel like shit the whole time. Yeah, when we were texting the other day before this, you said that you just got back from vacation. And it was yeah. the first one you went on in years. How How is that? I mean, we didn't do anything, but that's exactly what I wanted out of it. I just was like, I, I want to, one of my buddies moved to Austin and he's been like begging me to come visit him. I was like, dude, there's no MLB team in Austin. Like, I'm not like I can't like if there's not something for me to do work wise there, then I'm just I don't know when you would expect me to go there. Uh, I hadn't taken a vacation since uh, November of 2017, I think it was. And I got like vacation shamed for it. Like Dave made me call into radio and he was like, who do you think you are taking a vacation? I was like, bro, it's the end of the season. Like, what do you need me for? It's November. I'm a baseball guy. So I just never took another vacation. And then uh, at the end of this season, um, we just got like an Airbnb, went down to Austin and a couple of my buddies from home, we just chilled and we watched like conspiracy documentaries. We went to go see Joe Rogan one night, got ate barbecue every day got like a week pass to an LA fitness and just crushed weights. Like it was awesome. I had a great time. You gotta, I mean, you gotta do that after we talked about this the first time you were here, <clears throat> like you're during baseball season. It's no joke for you, man. You're nonstop working, watching games, doing a whole bunch of shit. So after a full season of all that, man, you have to be dead. You have to be so tired. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I, so I just had my high school reunion last night. And they were like, so what's like your work schedule like these days? I was like, uh, for seven months out of the year, it's seven days a week. My work day starts at like 10 a.m. and it ends at 1.30 a.m. And that's from like the beginning of April. Really, I mean, because we're going to be doing spring training trips too. Really, it's from like uh, like mid-February through apparently now we're playing World Series games in November. So like the first week of November. So like it's a big chunk out of the year where I, like that's literally all I'm doing. So when I have the chance to do nothing, like of course I'm going to take that opportunity to, to do nothing. Like I love doing nothing. I just never get to do it. Got to, man. You always need to... You need, everybody needs some good times doing nothing. You know, J.A. was doing nothing 
not really, but doing nothing for a little bit there. And now I told him he's, you know, now he's got to work all the time. Like, dude, just remember you're going to miss this one day. I know you, <laughs> I know you want to start your new job, but you're going to be like, damn, I'm doing a lot here. I'm going to miss doing nothing for, for a day here. Yeah. Doing nothing's Jay great. Always, Jay always does a lot more than I do. So I can't, <laughs> I can't really complain to Jay. He's the, he keeps this shit running, but with, uh, Last time we talked, you had it, you know, announced your big move to DraftKings and the Baseball Dead podcast, all the new stuff. So how was your first season with all of the the new stuff that happened since we last talked? It's been great. Uh the last the last baseball is dead episode that we did, I was like, Yeah, I got some cool news to share. And the news was that we we had retained 90% of our listening audience from the last show that we were doing, uh, which is nuts because we didn't have guests. And that was by design. Like we could have gotten guests on, but we were more just trying to, because we added a third guy, Joey, his uh, YouTube channel's uh, baseball doesn't exist. Like I was a big fan of his YouTube channel. And I was like, we really need a third, uh, you know, like at times like the show could get too serious. I was like, we need like a more lighthearted approach to it. Cause like, that's what made section 10. So great is it was just lighthearted and whatever. Like we try to be funny. Uh, so we added Joey, he did, he, he served a great purpose. Um, and we were able to retain 90% in year one with no guests and really no like social promotion. Like it was just us like out there tweeting, like, here's the, here's a new episode, which is crazy. So, I mean, that gets me excited for next year in terms of where we can go from there in terms of growth. Um, but you know, we, uh, we have a whole new cast at what is what used to be section 10. Now it's kind of, we just like, like I'll call it name redacted. Like, like the name, like Carabas podcast is just a name hold, like a placeholder because they won't let us use section 10 and it's like, it's whatever. So, uh, that's like a completely new cast. So that was, uh, like I was able to bring Dallas with me to DraftKings, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, now Coley has a new gig. Steve had a new gig. Um, so we, we kind of just went all in different directions for that podcast, but we, we brought in Tyler Milliken, who is a producer at the Sports Hub, which I got a gig with them, too. So, like, uh, I'm a independent contractor at DraftKings, which means, like, I can just, like, do other shit, which is what I wanted to do all along. Um, like, at, my, at the end of my barstool tenure, I kind of just told them, I was like, hey, like, I don't really care to grow in the barstool space anymore. Like, I, like that doesn't really do me any good. I was like, I want to grow in the baseball space. Like, I want to be on MLB Network. Like, I want to do Nesson stuff. I want to be on the broadcast. I want to be on Sports Hub and like all this other stuff. I, I just, I only want to be doing my baseball shit, um, which they didn't quite see eye to eye with me on that. Like, they kind of like to keep their personalities all under the barstool umbrella. And I was like, well, there's only so much I can grow if if that's uh, if that's the restraints that I have on me. Um, so this was like the first year that I got to do everything that I wanted and it was a very fulfilling and rewarding year for me. You mentioned, you know, not, you know, people followed the Jared Carabas because obviously all the work you put in all the years that you've, you've been doing this, like, do you ever just stop and think about like, you know, obviously you've had to grind to get to where you're at, but like now that you've kind of like reached this level of where, you know, I could turn on MLB network and see you on off base occasionally, like, do you ever just stop and think like, damn, like 
you know, it, it, do you dare like you, you soak it in? Do you appreciate all the stuff that that's happened with you, uh, you know, here lately? No, <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't look back at all because I think, um, I think if I do that, like my number one strength is that, is that I give a shit. Like I, there are a lot of people that have jobs where it's like, I'm just trying to cash a check. And for me, like what drives me is just being the best. Like I want to be the best at what I do. And in order to do that, you can't look back. Like I can appreciate like opportunities that I've been given. Like I think when I went on MLB network for the first time, the next podcast that I put out, it was kind of like a reflective, like, Hey, this was really cool. And like, thanks to like the listeners, like that doesn't happen without, without you guys type thing. And, and like, it was hitting me that, you know, goals, like major life goals that I had set for myself were actually happening. Um, but then after that, it's just like on to the next, like we just, we're not, we're not like, I didn't really think about it after that. It was just kind of like, you know, like, especially during the season, it's not, uh, what do I have to do today? It's what do I have to do? Like this, this hour, like this minute, like, it's just, you're, you're doing task after task after task. Like you wake up and first thing I do is look at my phone. I've got texts to respond to. I've got emails to respond to. I've got tweets. I got to read. Like, I got to see like, you know, what, what the hell is going on? Did someone get signed overnight? Did someone die? Like, you want to be like up to date the second that you wake up and then you get a shower, get ready. Cause then you get to be on camera. You get an Uber over here to this studio. You get to come back, record this podcast and you get to watch this game. And then you get to tweet about that. So like, you just, I don't have, especially during the season, I did not have time to really think like, wow, like we came from over here and, and now we're here and we're doing this and this is great. It's more just like I have another task that I have to perform and I want to perform it to the best of my ability. I like that. Yeah, job's not finished. Um, Never finished. <laughs> I did have a quick follow-up though based on that. Like I, I loved you on MLB Network. I feel like I feel like this isn't just, it's just like the beginning of your time on the, on the network. Have you thought about like, has there been, you know, talks of repeat appearances? Is there going to be a larger role for you in kind of that space you think? Um, so I don't necessarily know the answer to that. Like I leave that up. So I, I haven't, <clears throat> I didn't have an agent until last October. That's when I hired him and he's been great. Like he was basically just like, what do you want to do? And I told him and he just bam, 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 like got everything done. Everything that I told him I wanted to do, like he set it up and, and he crushed it. Uh, but like, as far as like MLB network goes, I, I, I'm assuming or there might be like some turnover in there to where uh, like they're trying to go in a new direction with that show off base. And I mean, Pat Light was on that show more than I was. So I was like, oh, so they just want the people that can get in there like that. Like Pat Light lives in New Jersey. They're they're in New Jersey. So it's like I think that they want people that are close. Uh, and I obviously was tied to Boston. I don't know that they they were uh, as keen on having remote appearances as they were as having in studio appearances, which were more difficult for me during the season. Yeah. Um, but I know that like Millar does his show from home. So at some point, I think that that would be the goal is doing a show daily or doing appearances daily from like a studio set that I can just build in my house. Um, yeah. So that, that for me is the new goal. Like I, I want to do whether it's daily or recurring guests or whatever, I want to have some sort of regular involvement uh, with a, with a show on MLB network. I think that would be really fun. There's plenty of really interesting people that I'd love to work with that like I haven't worked with, or at least like I've kind of like dabbled working with them. Um, but like, 
if you're if you're in baseball sports media, I probably have a relationship with you, and we probably have great chemistry. Like, there's a lot of people that I just get along with that are really fun and really funny that are on the younger side, and like I think that that's kind of what MLB Network's going for. So I don't have like a like something that I could tease that's in the works, but that's where I'm hoping it goes. That's awesome, dude. I think you'd be <clears throat> that would be great because. You know, you see like Pat McAfee, for example. I mean, he's just killing it. And you and him aren't exactly the same, but I feel like you're along those lines right there and where you know what you're talking about. You're very passionate about it, but you bring that kind of funny, you know, energy and just like it's not the old school kind of shit that people are moving away from now. You know, it's the new, like you're saying, people are funny. There's good chemistry, like it's just more entertaining that way. And baseball needs that without a doubt. MLB network needs that without a doubt. Yeah. Like I I can get away with things that a lot of other people can't like I uh, like in an interview, we had Heim Bloom on the show and I called him a geek. Like I I can say that (laughs) there's a lot of, if not most that can't say that when I went on off base, um, they were showing the different players uh, outfits that they wore to the ballpark. And everyone was like, Oh, that looks really cool. Or like, that's like really fancy. And like, I like that. And then they showed Bregman. And I was like, this dude looks like a dork. Like this, like, look, what are those shoes that I'm just like absolutely undressing him. But like, I know that I can get away with that. And he would probably laugh if he saw it. So I, I think with the McAfee comp, it's like, yeah, he, he brings like the former player, perspective that i can't bring um i do i guess like i I listen as crazy as he is i listen to dallas as much as i can because i feel like like our dynamic is not necessarily like older brother younger brother it's more like like rookie veteran and in a clubhouse like that's our like he'll check me if he has to uh but then there's also just like I try to learn as much as I can from him, knowing that it he he wants me to learn. Like he's not uh he he doesn't try to hold me back, like he tries to prop me up, which I feel like is I don't want to say rare in terms of uh sports media tandems, but there are a lot of caddy partners. There's a lot of like ego battles with with partners and shows, like they want to be the top guy or whatever. Like Dallas wants me to to succeed, which is awesome. Uh we both care. Like, that's why it was kind of irreplaceable when you talk about doing a show together. Like, it is it is essentially a marriage. Uh, you know, we've been doing a podcast together since 2017. And it's very rare to find someone who actually, A, is that knowledgeable, B, is inside the game like that, and C, has like gives a shit about the brand and about, like, how, what are the numbers doing and, and all that and the direction of it. So, um, yeah, I mean it's i i like that i i'm not a former player because i feel like there are some former players that i've talked to that are like yeah i don't want to like criticize the other player and it's like i don't want to do that either like i i don't want to do that either some of the guys that i've talked to are like well i wasn't that good so who am i to say that they they, they fucked up this play or um you know they could have played harder or done this better or whatever. So I feel like from my perspective, um, no, I didn't play in the big leagues, but I have someone who did that's in my ear constantly. So 
from a non-former big leaguer perspective, I don't know that there are a ton of guys like that that have that sort of resource and care enough to to dig into that. And and I do care. Like there there are definitely sports media guys that didn't play that just don't care about like that side of it. It's like I'm on this side of the fence, so I'm going to stay on this side of the fence. I want to know how uh like like a like a big league brain works like i want to put myself in that position and and know the inner workings and and the ins and outs of that so um yeah uh mcafee's great but he he is the he's the top of the top right now like no one compares to that dude yeah he's he's definitely one of one right now for sure dallas is great too and, and those are all great points about all that we've had ben and woods are radio guys out in san diego who've literally said the same they've been together I forget how many years now, but literally said the same exact stuff that you just said about being partners and bringing the best out of each other and not, you know, well, doing that bullshit and trying to be better or whatever. But, you know, you're going to you're going to keep doing great and everything. And uh, <clears throat> I love listening to all that stuff. But I want to talk about the Red Sox season before we let J.A. get into free agency stuff here. Just quick thoughts. I mean, how did it go for you? Uh, disappointing, obviously, a little bit. And now, you know, Bogart's out of the market and Devers still not a, under, you know, that long-term contract. So just thoughts uh, on the season last year, this past season. Uh, it, it felt like purgatory because um, <clears throat> I think it's a little over-exaggerated when people are like, oh, the Red Sox finished in last place, blah, blah, blah. Uh, with that record, they wouldn't have been in last place in any other division in baseball. Like they, they had a third place type season in the best division in baseball. Uh, that's not to say like, Hey, third place isn't bad. It's to say they're not that as far off as people are making it seem to being good again. Um, but obviously to be good again, you have to make the necessary moves and like it's, it's a tough spot to be in when the two most important moves that you have to make are retaining players that were already on the team that just finished in third place or last place. Uh, so that's not good. So you have to, you have to get Bogarts done. You have to get a deal with Devers done. And then you have to add pieces that are going to make you better than you were last year. Like that's why it's difficult looking forward to, to 2023, but that's not to say that it can't be done. And that's not to say that every move has to be a major move. Like, it's not like go add Xander Bogarts and extend Raphael Devers and then sign Aaron Judge and maybe bring in Jacob DeGrom. And I don't know if like Rodon's available, maybe sign him too. Like, it's not like they have to do that to close the gap because we've seen before. Uh, not that guys like this are necessarily, necessarily out there in terms of comps, but uh, finishing in last place in 2012, winning the World Series the very next year in 2013. And it's like you you signed Koji Uhara, who was amazing, but like wasn't brought in to be the closer. Mike Napoli, everyone was like, oh, okay, cool. He's catcher. What is he? DH first. Like no one even knew. Uh, Steven Drew, like just like a bunch of like random dudes. But you can piece together a winner. Like it's, I think we've seen um, the last few postseasons that you can just get in and then get hot. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it, you you'll win a championship, but the Red Sox last year, I mean, that was a team that got in and got hot like that. They came two wins away from the world series. I don't think that anyone over the course 
of the regular season was like, this is a World Series contender, definitely not in spring training, at the All-Star break, whatever. Like, they were like, World Series or bust. They almost got there. And if they did get there, I, I don't know how it would have gone against Atlanta, but I like their chances in, in that matchup. Um, so a lot of that is just getting in and seeing what happens. Fans don't want to hear that. Fans don't want to hear that the goal is to just get in and see what happens. But I think in order to go from where you are right now to just getting in, that gap is not as sizable as it may seem. The gap from where you just came from to winning a World Series title, yeah, maybe that's a little bit bigger. And maybe it's not a, a gap that that looks promising. But the gap from where you are right now to getting in, it's not that crazy. So uh, I think this is a big offseason for Heim Bloom. He can't afford to have a dud. Uh, ownership, I think, is on his ass. Like, you, you got to do something here. Like, we can't because, you know, ratings are down. Then when ratings are down, the ticket sales are down. Like, if you hit him in the wallet, that's when you've got no choice but to start making moves. But I think, I think Heim knows it's crunch time. Ownership should know that it's crunch time. They've been here long enough to, to know that fans don't uh, take kindly to losing seasons or failures of seasons. So I, I, yeah, fans are already panicking in Boston right now because Jose Abreu signed and he was supposed to be the guy that the Red Sox targeted for DH. Jose Abreu is going to be 36. He just got a three-year deal at $20 million a season J.D. Martinez was making $20 million a season in his prime with the Red Sox. Put it this way. If the Red Sox gave three years in, at, at 60 to J.D. Martinez right now, they would be freaking out. They'd be, why would you do that? That's so stupid. But you want to sign Jose Abreu to the same? Like, no, it's just it doesn't make any sense. Like, Astros can have that one. Um, but it is to that point where, and it's not necessarily a bad place to be, but it, it, it is definitely at a point where the Red Sox are going to have to get creative. Like in terms of you're not going to be able to build a winner just off of free agency. Uh, they're going to have to make a trade or trades for impact guys. Uh, and, and I guess I'm more just interested to see how they piece that all together. I get yeah, it. There's a lot there. Sorry, Jay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I have, you know, I'm I'm very confident that the Red Sox will build another winner. You're right. You know, they always bounce back, it seems like. But I, I want to go back, and I don't really want to, like, rehash an old wound, but I feel like it's too funny not to bring it up, is is 28 to 5. Uh, we, we talked about the text messages between y- you and Brian. Um, was that was that rock bottom? Um, I feel like, I feel like I was numb most of the year. Like, that one didn't. Like go all right. So that night I was at Fenway. I was at the game. And I was with I was with one of my friends, and she was with two of her friends, and it was all of their first time at Fenway. So they were like, Oh my god, like take pictures of us. Like, oh, come take pictures. And I was like, the Red Sox are losing 28 to 5. Like, do you not understand what's happening right now? Like, no, I don't want to take a picture with you. No, I don't want to take pictures of you. Like, you what do you mean? Like, no, no. Like, you there's plenty, there's plenty of people walking around where you guys can find someone to take the pictures. And no, I don't want to smile right now. And I was miserable, but I don't think. I, it definitely got worse over time. But like once you get to a certain point of a season and you know that it's lost, then when bad things happen, you just laugh. Like it, it only hurts for a little while. 
before it starts becoming funny to you. Like once you know you're out of it, there's no chance it's over. Then the bad things become funny. But at that point, that still hurt. Like that was not fun at all, uh, especially being there. How many people reached out with like earnest, like, Hey man, just, just checking in a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A lot of people were like, uh, like you doing all right. Like, you know, can we, can you take a picture? So like to prove that you're not on top of the telephone right now, I need proof of where you are. I was like, I'm at this, this, this terrible game. I'm here right now. So it wasn't a good time. I didn't have a good time. <clears throat> I'm sorry that I uh, couldn't have been more cheerful for the guests that I was hosting. Um, but I mean, at that, that point, that's on them for thinking that it, they could expect me to be happy in that moment. Like, what do you mean? Like uh, you're, you're at Fenway park with me and the Red Sox are losing 28 to five. This, this slap Dick who just got released hit an inside the park grand slam and you want me to smile for a picture? Absolutely not. The only other time that I can think of something like that was, uh, I think it was after the Red Sox lost game four of the ALCS against Houston last year because they were one strike away. I think it was like two to two, uh, top of the ninth inning, Nathan Evaldi's pitching and he's, Throw, he throws strike three to whoever's at the plate. And Laz Diaz calls it a ball. And the Astros score five runs from there. And, I mean, I fully believe that if that gets called strike three, which it was, the Red Sox go into the bottom of the ninth, tied 2-2. They probably win that baseball game. They go up in the series 3-1 against Houston. They probably don't blow a 3-1 lead. Like, they, they would get one before the Astros got three. Just my thought. Uh, so they lose that game, giving up five runs after that blown call by Laz Diaz. And after the game, like people are coming up being like, Hey man, like, can I get a picture with you? And I'm just like, like my, my brain is rattling inside my head. I'm like, uh, I guess I'm like, and you don't want to be a dick either. Like there's people that have like listeners or whatever fan. I, I don't call them fans. That's weird. I'm a fan. They're appreciators. Uh, of the podcast like there are people that treat their fans like shit this was not a moment where it's like i'm too good to take a picture with you or like i'm too busy for you it was like can i have a second to just process what the fuck happened in this baseball game because i actually do care like i, I yes i work in in baseball and it's a job but at the end of the day i care a lot so yeah there there were definitely parts of the 2022 baseball season where I felt pain, but that pain quickly becomes you're just numb. And then it just starts to tickle a little bit. That story is even better that the, that you had to entertain friends. And I was Jay, I was dying on a train in Japan when he texted me back that I was like laughing out loud. Those people were probably staring at me like, the fuck's wrong with this guy. <laughs> but if, uh, if you got to pick one free agent, for the Red Sox to sign this offseason, who would you be going with? We'll say realistically, who do you so think not, is a good target for that? Not counting Bogarts. Not counting Bogarts. Let's assume they let's assume they re-sign Bogarts. If they re-sign Bogarts, um I want to say Chris Bassett, 
but I don't know if that's like insulting to Nathan Avaldi. Like this is almost like uh like if it's like survivor and I can give like immunity to someone because I know that this person's not going to get voted off. It's not that I'm prioritizing Chris Bassett over Nathan Avaldi. I'm just I feel good about the Red Sox getting Avaldi anyway. So I'll give immunity to Bassett because I I don't think that they're going to sign him. So I would take Bassett knowing that they're probably going to get Avaldi too. And if how can sorry, last one, Jay. How concerned are you about the Bogarts thing? Are you you very concerned about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a convincing no. <laughs> I mean, every day I see a new report about a new team that's interested, you know. It's, Padres. Yeah, Padres. it's like first the whole NLCS. So I was in Philly for all three games of the NLCS the whole time. Oh, we're going to get Bogats, kid, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, you're not. But in my head, I'm like, David Brusky has a lot of money, and he's not afraid to spend it. So I was terrified of him going to Philly for sure because Dombrowski was also the 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 individual who signed Bogarts to his uh, current contract in Boston. So first I was afraid of the Phillies. Then I saw the Padres and I was like, eh, nah, I don't think so. Like, I don't think that they're not going to have Manny for 300, Tatis for 324, and then give Bogarts like two something unless they decided to trade Tatis, which like, I, you know, that was my pipe dream was was uh, the Red Sox trading for Tatis to to free up some money for the Padres to spend elsewhere because, I mean, they kind of proved that they can do it without him, which is great. Um, so I'm not afraid of the Padres. And then the Dodgers came up, and it's like the Dodgers are in on everyone. So, like, that's one of those, like, yeah, of course, of course it's realistic that he could sign. Like, it, it would kill me. It would kill if To see Xander back with Mookie, no, like the Red Sox would have to move somewhere else. Like they wouldn't be able to continue as a franchise if if they didn't pay Xander and he went to the Dodgers to to reunite with Mookie Betts. That would probably be a worse PR disaster than like selling Babe Ruth to fund a play in 1918. Like you wouldn't be able to do that. Like you wouldn't be if you're the Red Sox ownership group, you wouldn't be able to show your face in this town ever again if Xander signs with the Dodgers. You wouldn't. They would they would have to sell the team and change the name of the team and knock down Fenway, which they're not even allowed to do. It's a, it, after the 100 year anniversary, it became a historical landmark. You're not allowed to knock it down. So even if they move ballparks, uh, Fenway has to. They'll probably turn it into a museum. They have to knock it down if Xander goes to the Dodgers. We interrupt this conversation with Jared Garabas to talk to you about our sponsor, the Original Fudge Kitchen. They're shipping fudge and sweet treats all over the country. You can find them at fudgekitchens with an S.com. Philly, Jersey Shore listeners, if you're down the shore at all this offseason, they have locations in Stone Harbor, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Ocean City, and Cape May. Go in there and check them out. It's the Original Fudge Kitchen. It is the best. I need to order some more very soon. Well, maybe not very soon after Thanksgiving, but very soon. Um, and you can find them at the uh, fudge kitchens with an S.com. That's fantastic. I actually wanted to ask you about the Dodgers and you, you brought it up because I've seen their names 
linked to basically every free agent out there that's like a value judge verlander bogarts rondone like how much of this interest how much of their interest in these guys do you think is fueled by their actual need and how much of it is fueled by we don't want to lose to the padres in the nlds ever again i mean i mean it's just who they are like if they can spend the money they're going to do it they have an unlimited payroll I mean, this is the team that like won the World Series, and we're not supposed to say his name, but like they they signed Trevor Bauer right after that. They trade for Max Scherzer, and like they they don't care. They trade for Trey Turner, so they'll they'll win a championship and then still go all in, like they haven't won a championship in a hundred years. Like that's why I respect the Dodgers so much. I know that they're definitely fans of like broke ass teams that are like, oh, they they spend so much money and they just buy their champions. Like so what? Like don't you want an ownership group that? that cares so much that they'll pay whatever penalty they have to, to in order to invest in a team that's that's capable of winning a championship. That's what every fan base wants. So I, it doesn't bother me when teams do that, like the Mets, you know, like Steve Cohen goes over there and he, he's going to spend whatever to win a championship in, in, in New York. And uh, so I, 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 maybe it's because I grew up as a fan of like a big market team, but uh yeah, there has to be some sort of level of respect for that. And I think the Dodgers, whenever they do come up linked to a free agent, you have to respect that, that it's probably legit. Like they they can afford it and they're not afraid to spend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird time for Dodgers fans though, right? Because like, you know, Bueller's doing the Tommy John surgery and it's like they have this uncertainty where like their left side, their infield's all, all free agents. And it's like, I don't know. Like, how do you see them kind of dealing with all this uncertainty? Is it is it just to spend their way out of it, or do you think they're going to get creative? The Dodgers? Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, their their process is what every team hopes to achieve. I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's it's kind of like a tier above what the Astros have been doing. The Astros, uh, they spend when they feel it's necessary, and they have this chain of prospects that will come up like losing a Carlos Correa and then just replacing him with the ALCS and World Series MVP and if he didn't get hurt potentially the rookie of the year like maybe maybe J-Rod still wins it anyway but he finishes second like that's insane to be able to to have that quality of a player come in in their rookie season and do what he did uh that's kind of the Dodgers model is we draft well uh we develop well we have assets to trade for players that we want. And if there's a player in free agency, we can sign that player if we want to, or uh, we can trade for a franchise player from a broke ass franchise and then extend him for $365 million. We can do that too. If we want uh, every team wishes that they could do that. Not every team, if any really does besides I guess Houston, but even they don't do it that way. Like they, knew it was maybe time to move on from Carlos Correa. It's like we could spend like every team has their formulas of how they uh, evaluate a player and how like they can put production to dollars. And they probably looked at it and said, all right, this is what Carlos Correa is going to do over the next 10 years. Here's what we think Jeremy Pena can do over the next 10 years. And here's what that would cost. And here's what this would cost. Oh, this one's cheaper. Why don't we just go with Pena? All right, call it Pena done. So I think, uh, <clears throat> People have envied the Dodgers model and rightfully so they're a world series contender every single year. Like, yes, they got eliminated in the division series, but they won 111 games. Like they had the greatest odds of winning the world series. They had the most lucrative lottery ticket. Um, but the Astros model 
I don't want to say it's better, but it's kind of like more intriguing in a way. Like you built a bullpen off of a bunch of no names. Like that bullpen was filthy. And before the postseason, I don't think there were many people outside of Houston that could tell you who was in the Astros bullpen. You might, now that we're like a few weeks removed from the World Series, you might be able to ask like baseball fans, like, all right, now tell me like three Houston relievers. They'd be like, shit, I don't know. <laughs> like Hector Neris and Caleb Presley, like they were Caleb Presley, Ryan Presley. <laughs> um, uh, they might be able to do that. So that's why the Astros model might be a little bit better than than the Dodgers at this point. Caleb Presley would throw gas, by the way. Caleb Presley looks like, uh, what's the dude's name that's in the Astros bullpen? Ryan Stanek. Ryan Stanek. Looks like Caleb <laughs> Presley. <laughs> I yeah. said that to J.A. on here. I'm like, we talked about Stanek. He had like a sub one or something, or like a one something. And no, like people had no idea. So I totally yeah. agree about the, about the mm-hmm. Astros bullpen. Ridiculous. Yep. They're just and side note, sorry, Pena played him, saw him in AAA last year, and all of us were like, he was hurt for a lot of the year too, but when we played against him, we were like, oh, so this is why they're going to let Correa walk. Yeah. This dude is a fucking athlete. Yeah. So it was, I, if, if we could tell that, I'm sure the Astros were like, yeah, we could, we'll take our chances. We'll yeah. Like here. they lost Garrett Cole. They lost Carlos Correa. They lost George Springer. Uh, they lost Verlander for a season. And that season, they still went to the World Series. They lost, but they still got there. So they've just, they've got something figured out over there. And people can make all their, you know, cheating snide remarks and everything. Like, yeah, they cheated, but they're also really fucking good too. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, you, I, I know that people hate the Astros and a lot of people didn't want to see them win this year. I, I wanted to see Bryce get his ring. Uh, so I, I definitely had rooting interest for the Phillies, but there was also part of me that was like, you know, I kind of hope, especially for Dusty's sake, I was like, yeah, the Astros win good for them. Like to, to have that, uh, knowing that you can actually win it legit too, good for them, especially for a guy like Altuve who, I mean, fans made that dude's life a living hell for half a decade and he didn't even use the fucking system. So he, he was, he was the scapegoat. He was the, like the face of the whole thing. He really didn't have much to do with it. So yeah. Happy for Houston. When we talk about Jeremy Pena, I mean, that guy has the biggest biceps I've ever seen. Where would you kind of rank him on your bicep power ranking for baseball players? No, I was going to say not including myself. Um, (laughs) Uh, Bryce Harper is pretty jacked. Uh, he's jacked. Uh, Lorenzen's jacked. Uh, I hate to give him credit, but Aroldis Chapman is like built like a WWE superstar for sure. Um, hmm. He's definitely up there. I don't know who has the biggest biceps and base. It might be Chapman. He's huge. And Lorenzen. Like he's just, there's a lot of guys now. Uh, also Framber Valdez, Framber Valdez. I don't know what his bicep game is looking like, but he has basketball shoulders. Like I, I'm sure, uh, maybe growing up, you guys were probably told the same thing. I know I was told a million times for, uh, like if you were a pitcher, they would be like lightweight, lightweight for shoulders. Like you're just doing your typical five pound dumbbells and you're doing your rotator cuffs and you might be doing like a little of these and maybe shoulder presses with like 
20s the most. And for some reason, we just got to a point where pitchers like, oh, I'm just going to lift as heavy as I possibly can. I'm going to build up my body like I'm John Cena and I'm going to throw 103 miles an hour. And that's what they do now. Because I guess like if you do have shoulders that big, it must mess with your range of motion. But Framber Valdez just like broke the major league record for consecutive quality starts. So he's doing just fine with boulder shoulders. So if you're out there listening to this and you have a coach telling you to lift light with your shoulders, tell him the fuck off. Dude, Valdez is a different, like, just genetic species because I played with him in the Dominican, like, when was this? Not, this was 2019. I, I don't know if, like, he just got, like, he was just off that year or, like, was starting. Like, no one really knew about him then. And he came, like, two weeks in to pitch for us. And first of all, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He's nasty. Second of all, I like, you know, hit him on the back in the dugout. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Dude, like, he's just naturally a large human, like, just a large, thick human being. Like, yeah. he's, like he looks like if you if he grabbed you, you're not, like, you're not going anywhere. He'd be, like, the best wrestler of all time. Yeah. He's stuck. He's not – you're not moving from him. Yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's a big dude. He's an absolute beast. And – uh I know that he, you know, people were saying, oh, he's cheating this and that. And I even had like players reach out during the, I don't know if it was the ALCS or the World Series, but like, yeah, like, you know, that dude's definitely putting something on the ball and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I'm not hitting against him. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun to watch him pitch. So, you know, if he's cheating, good for him. He's not getting, he's getting away with it. So, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. It's a good point. It's a good yeah. point. I, uh, we have to talk about Aaron Judge. I mean, it, it wouldn't be an off-season baseball podcast without talking about Aaron Judge. His free agency fascinates me, it's just from the perspective of, like, are the Yankees going to resign him? Who eventually is going to sign him? Like, for a 31-year-old who's built like he is, like, what what do you see a contract like his looking like? And, you know, who, who are you kind of sensing out? I know the Giants are sniffing around. What's your take on Aaron Judge right now? Um, So, from poking around, I know that he wants years. And I know that there was like a rumor that the Dodgers had offered him big money for five years. I don't think that that's what, unless it changed over like the last couple of months, like this was during the season that I was told this, but uh, he wants years and that's scary for any team. That's like looking at a guy built like that. And uh, not to say that he's not a, a good all around hitter, but you know, power is his game. And does that diminish over time? Like, you know, his knees is whatever. I mean, he's a big dude. Big dudes break down. Andre the Giant, RIP. Uh, uh, I think it's something where the Giants are going to be able to say, hey, you know, you grew up a Giants fan. Like, come on home and, you know, finish your career where it all started. Like, they'll be able to play that card. I think the Giants and the Yankees are going to be the only major players. Unless the unless the Dodgers, are like, uh, the throw some ridiculous money at him and give him the years i could see the dodgers maybe sneaking in there um but the giants are going to play that card and still probably give him the most lucrative contract i think if the yankees are in the neighborhood maybe i don't know how much his legacy in new york matters like i don't know how much he i know he did the fucking kiss in the logo on his jersey but i think all that is so that when he does leave he still has the fans on it. Like the fans won't be pissed that he left. 
They'd be like, well, you didn't pay him before the season. And then you let him get to free agency. Like, look how much he loved New York. He was kissing the logo and both like, I think he's very, very calculated about this because I do think that the fans in New York still loving him matters. I just don't know that him playing his entire career as a Yankee matters as much as people in New York want it to mean. So do I think that there's a real possibility that he leaves? Yeah. Do I think that that's uh, a foregone conclusion? No, I, I do still think that if you're the New York Yankees, you look at your roster you look at how your season ended. You, you, yeah, you got to the ALCS, but yeah, you, you showed up. That was about it. So to lose a player like Aaron Judge after a 62 home run MVP season, now what do you have? Like now there's the, the Rays are the Rays. Like they're just, they, they've got some demon magic going on where they just have a good baseball team every single year with a bunch of slap dicks. No offense. Uh, and uh, they also have, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are just as, I mean, everyone picked the Blue Jays to win the division last year. Everyone forgets that the Blue Jays were the favorite to win the division last year. They didn't because the Yankees had a phenomenal first half and they just kind of rode the way from there. They weren't really good in the second half. Um, Toronto is very good. Like they could still win that division. If the Yankees lose Aaron judge, what are they? Like they're kind of what the Red Sox were last year. Like, it's not like they have other dudes that are going to step up and be like, all right, well, we still got uh glaber you know like like stanton's a good hitter but like is he gonna carry that can you trust john carlos stanton to carry that no you can't like we know that john carlos stanton gets hurt um when he's healthy he's one of the best players and he's one of the best hitters in baseball but you certainly can't count on that so i i think if you're the yankees you look at it as we don't have a choice we kind of at this point have to be like hey what is the like what gets it done and that's probably the conversations that they're that they're having is what what gets it done. You tell us what you want and we'll we'll figure it out. Um, but if if if, you know, the Giants come correct, there's definitely that draw. He grew up a Giants fan. We saw his family follow him around for the whole home run chase. Family is very important. Aaron Judge. They'd be two hours away. They could probably come to a lot of games. He could probably see it like stuff like that matters. But when you're talking about the hundreds of millions of dollars, stuff like that comes into play. Geographical location. Like, Hey, it sucks playing in the cold. Why don't you come over to San Francisco? It's really nice over here. And you're close to home. Your family's over here and it's your favorite team growing up. So I think that those are the, obviously the two most intriguing options, but I, I can't take you inside the mind of Aaron judge more than I know that he, or at one point this year, preferred the years over the, the big AV. Is there even just a small part of you though, that wishes he would go back to the Bronx just to see his contract age really, really bad. Um, it would be funny. Yes. But also I more than that, I want to be able to root for Aaron judge openly. Yeah. I, I like I like Aaron Judge a lot. So I think it would also be a very funny bit to just be like a huge Aaron Judge honk for the next eight years. Like that would be great. And like Yankee fans would just be like, what are we gonna say? Like <laughs> so uh that's the bit that I'm I'm working on right now in the workshop is Aaron Judge professional honk. Uh <laughs> it's it's uh, it's fine either way, because if he goes back to New York, it's like, oh, that's good for baseball. He's one of the biggest stars and he's in one of the biggest markets. And like if if he doesn't go back, who am I who am I supposed to hate on the Yankees? 
I mean, I do. I, I've been saying this the whole time. You you said it. What if they don't have him? What are they like? They that is. I don't know what New York does. I don't know what the fans do if he if he leaves. I really yeah. don't like. It's, it's they're going to wait two years and sign Juan Soto. Like, what are you going to do? I, I really don't know. Like I, I've been saying this to the JA for since, I don't know, however long this has been going on. I'm like, I, if they don't resign him, I don't know what the fan base does. They're just they're gonna, like the Yankees would shit. just be like, Oh, we lost that on judge. We're just going to pivot and sign Carlos Correa. And everyone would be like, cool. He's not as good as Aaron judge. So it's nuts. It's really nuts to think about like what would actually happen. Well, I, I have a, I have an idea. Um, there is, there's one name that's kind of looming over this off season and he's not even a free agent and he's still under contract for one more season with his team. It's Otani. Mm. The, how, how much do you think Otani's impending free agency is kind of looming over the market right now? Um, I feel like teams have a pretty good idea of not necessarily where, where he'll go, but if they have a shot anyway. So it's not like, like we're talking about a player that has a very specific list of things that he needs and wants from an organization. If he's going to go there, which is why he ended up with the angels. Like he definitely wasn't like, Oh, I really want to win a championship. So let me go to Anaheim. Uh, so I think that there are teams that already know that they're out of the running, even if they have the best offer. So those teams can act accordingly and maybe be all in on Aaron judge or Carlos Correa or whoever. It's like, yeah, I mean, cause I don't think that Otani's not getting traded. Uh, and then if he's, when he becomes a free agent, like he's already met with a bunch of teams, like those teams, it's not like he's coming over for the first time. I think there are a bunch of teams that are like, yeah, like we just, we're not a fit. So we're not even going to bother. You wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't at least have the conversation. I mean, when, when did he come over in 18? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been almost five years, whatever, since, since teams would have met with him, but. Yeah, I just don't like. I'm not worried about Otani going to the Bronx. Like they, he definitely would not want to play there. Like he, he, this is like I know that everyone like romanticizes and loves Shohei Otani. Everyone forgets that in 2018 he got mad that like the fans were too loud. He was like, I couldn't concentrate because you're gonna go to the fucking Bronx. All right, good luck with that, dude. Yep, I hope he goes there. You said something interesting in there though. You said you, you don't think he's gonna get traded. Why? Why not? I mean, he's. He's not very happy in Anaheim, and if you're the Angels, and if you can't get a long-term deal worked out, why not do what the Nationals did for Soto, mid-year deal? Uh, I think, I mean, obviously it means nothing, but there was a report that the Angels said that they're not trading him. But even if you do, I don't think that you can win that deal if you're the Angels, because everyone will be like, oh, they didn't get enough. Because no team could give up enough to offset the true value of Shohei Otani. So you might as well ride it out, whatever. I guess like there is obviously the chance that some team just like blows your socks off with a trade offer, but I don't think that it's possible to get fair value for Shohei if you're the angels. And I mean, everyone knows that he's walking. I don't know. Maybe, maybe next year, like, cause he has two years left, right? He's got 23 and 24. I think he just has 23. I thought he had two years left. Let me see. Check. I'll look at the stats department on that. Anyway, <laughs> the stats department. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that he gets traded, but I, it's going to be a fascinating free agency for him. So it's going to be, man. I 
it's it's similar to, to Judge. It's like if they trade him, I you just can't explain that. I mean, yeah, I guess it's better to get something if you know he's going to leave anyway. But like, it's just such a bad look. I feel like from a fan's perspective to have Mike Trout and you're just gonna and show him a time like, ah, oh, well. See, it's not working, you know. Um, it is his last year. 23 is his last year. One year 30 mil. One year 30 piece. Well, not bad. I don't know. I still I still think that he plays out. The Angels, you have to realize the Angels are a stupid team too. So they they are probably gonna keep him and then try to say that they attempted to re-sign him. And then they won't be like, Well, we couldn't figure out why he didn't want to stay. We tried our <laughs> best and he just didn't want to stay. So but yeah, I kind of hope he goes to the Yankees. That would be that'd be very funny. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, like, do do you think the Angels have a plan? Do you think that the, the Angels mm-hmm. brass knows what they're because I just saw they got Hunter Renfro and it that feels like the ultimate band-aid trying to cover up like a bullet wound. It's just like, you know, we're we're trying to we're trying to piece together a team that's that's just good enough to lose like eight to four with like a Mike Trout and Shohei bomb every night, and then the pitching blows it. Yeah, no, they have no plan. I think I think they they have a plan but it's different from the plan that they had like five weeks ago, which is different from the plan that they had two weeks before that. So yes, they have a plan, but 10 days from now, it'll be different for sure. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Um, There is one other free agent I wanted to talk to you about. It was Carlos Correa. I don't know if you've been following, like there's been a lot of, and I was talking, talking to Brian about this earlier today. It's like, Correa and the twins is so fascinating to me because you have these twins players going out saying we FaceTime Carlos every day. Look, he's on the phone right now. And then the the twins today said that they're offering him multiple different kinds of contracts, which is basically just like blank check. Just take it. You know, does that, does that feel desperate? Does that feel like trying to get back with an ex-girlfriend? Like it does. Like, I feel like that's, that's kind of the route they're taking with, with his free agency. Um, if you're offering which is nothing wrong with that. Like you're doing your job. If you're offering like, say like five different kinds of contracts, all that means is that yes, you're desperate because the player is not communicating with you what he wants. Because if, if I'm on a date and I'm trying to like connect with you and tell you what I like, and then, and then you say, well, I can do all those things. And I am all those things. And I'm like, fuck now. I'm like, now I have no excuse to like, now I guess I have to like go on a second date. Like if I, if I'm not interested in you, then I'm not even asking those types of questions. Like I'm not even putting that feeler out there uh, to be like, oh, I'm not even going to tell you what I'm into because like, I'm clearly not interested. And if you are going to be able to fulfill those needs for me, like I don't want them from you. I want them from someone else. So uh, if I just feel like a negotiation would go much differently with the team that he was interested in signing with. He's kind of keeping like he, (laughs) the twins are like that, like five at the end of the night where it's like, all right, I'm shooting for this nine. I'm probably going to get denied, but if I can't take the nine home, then like, I know that I got the five in my back pocket. So that's the twins. Like, I think he's probably going to try to sign with the Dodgers and, and wouldn't, I mean, that they're a crazy talented team, but are the Dodgers really that interested? Are they trying to prioritize Xander Bogarts? Would they pay uh, Carlos Correa what he wants to get paid? Because they don't nec- they don't need Carlos. They just want 111 games. Do they? They don't need him. So the best offer might not come from the Dodgers. But he might be thinking like, yeah, I want to go to the Dodgers. But if they don't come correct, then I guess I'll you know I got this five over here in Minnesota. It's it's the most accurate comparison. It just it's just it's coming off desperate. It's coming off 
you know, a thousand FaceTimes trying to figure it out. Like he opted out, I feel like for a reason, right? Because didn't he sign? It was like three years, 90, an opt out after every year. So it's like, yeah. if you really loved Minnesota and was FaceTime and was still in the group chat with all the boys, like could have just came back. Yeah. Know. JD had like three opt outs in his contract and use one of them. Yep. See, Brian, this is what I was telling you. There, there's no, I said it right from the beginning. You don't, you don't have an opt out after each year of a fucking short term deal like that and not be planning on using one. Like there, unless he hit, unless he was hurt all season or hit like a buck 60, he was opting out. Like there was no way he was staying in that contract. It's just mm-hmm. still boggles my mind that he got the Minnesota just wanted him that bad. That's, and they that's still do. They like, still do. Yeah. Carlos Correa. Like booty called the twins at 2 a.m., treated them like shit. Then you made them get their own Uber, and then they still came back and they're like, So, when are we hanging out again? <laughs> oh my god, the That's twins so have cool. no respect for themselves. <laughs> None. <laughs> That's great. I love mm-hmm. it. Yep. Where do you think he ends up? Yeah, Orioles. <sighs> I I hope he goes to the Dodgers. I think that would be I think it'd be a good fit for him. Uh, I don't. I'm kind of hoping it's the Dodgers so that Bogarts doesn't go there. He's no longer a fit. I I hope he signs with the Dodgers in like ten minutes. That'd be nice. <laughs> that is where I predicted him to go, but I didn't. I that might have been subconsciously because I didn't want Bogarts to go there. But now it's definitely why. He's just gonna make the Twins sweat it out. We're gonna be going into March. Like Campbell already have broken. You know, we'll see like, you know, guys practicing out there in, in Florida and Arizona and Carlos will, and the twins will just desperately still be trying to call Carlos Correa, mm-hmm. but he'll just block them and block mm-hmm. him on everything. Yep. So that'll be, that'll be a fun storyline to follow. Uh, I hope he goes to the Orioles. I I think we, we had uh, our guy, Eric RDT, Barcel RDT on here a couple weeks ago. Uh, so shout out RDT. And we were trying to figure out what the Orioles offseason spending would look like. Michael Elias is like, you know, these checkbooks are about to be wide open. Um, what, what does that look like? Does that, does that go in from like 40 to like 50 million a year for payroll? What, what can we look forward to? You feel like for, for Baltimore? Uh, what were they at? They were at what? Like 45, 40, something like that. Yeah, it's like, 40, uh, yeah. I mean, they would almost double up. I mean, Correa is probably going to make at least 30, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see him doing it. I mean, the Orioles, people forget the Orioles were in the Mark to share a sweepstakes back in the day. Like they, oh they when a, they lock in on their guy, they're like, "Hey, open. it is our uh, once a decade time to get into involved in some major free agency spending." And I don't know, I could I could see them I could see them at least get in the mix for uh, for Carlos Correa. They got a good thing going over there. They do. Mark Teixeira still hurts. Also, Paul Konerko. We were deep in on on Paul Konerko back in the day, and that one that was never wounds, There's some wounds that are still <laughs> open from the Orioles that. Uh, I haven't really fully walked or like worked. Out I mean, yet, but. Canerco, they, they built a statue for that guy in Chicago. Like he was, he was never leaving, but there's a Maryland guy too. So that, that hurt. Yeah. But his, his, his wife, his wife was the reason why he went to New York. She was like, Oh yeah. Like I want to, I, I want to go to New York city. And he was like, yeah, yeah, babe. Whatever you want to do, babe. Fuck <laughs> off. I don't trust any guy that wears a jock strap like 24 seven. Yeah. Is it- just throw that out. He's a, he's a, he's a geek. Uh, you just be happy that he didn't play for your team. That was a great impersonation right there. <laughs> him and his wife. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. That's how it went down. That's how it went down. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, I had, oh, so last man. time we had you on, we, we did like rapid fire questions. I had, I wanted to do rapid fire, but a different variation. I want to do off season rapid fire with you. Okay. Um, I have a couple, what is, what's the best free agent that nobody's talking about or who is the best free agent? I should say. Best free agent that no one's talking about. Um, hmm. besides um, Brian O'Grady. Right. <laughs> Not until December 1st. Not until December first. Mitch Hanniger. Yeah. 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 I could see I could see Mitch Hanniger going somewhere and making a big impact on that team. Um yeah. There's everyone's talking about the same 10 free agents. No one's talking about Mitch. Yeah, bring some respect. Uh Adam Frazier. That that was my answer, uh, okay. which is the correct answer. Um, <laughs> the, uh, who is the mystery team that's going to swoop in on a free agent? We always hear this. If you watch hot stove in the mornings on MLB network, there's always the mystery team looming. Who is it? Um, the Mariners, the Mariners. I, I, I feel strongly about the Mariners signing like a, a top free agent this off season. Yeah. I, I feel like they're not outside of the, the J rod extension, which obviously doesn't count. They don't spend a ton of money in free agency. I could see Seattle getting a little taste of the postseason, being like, "We gotta, we gotta make sure we get back there. Let's let's dish out the big bucks and and make a statement here." Oh, I, that's such a great one. I would love that. It, just watching the playoff games up there in Seattle, those, those fans deserve it. I was um, there. It was nuts. Were you were there for like the tw- eighteen inning game? Yep. Oh, Oof. how'd that go? What was that like? That was my second eighteen inning postseason game. I was also at the eighteen inning game in L.A which was tough, <laughs> tough. The Red Sox lost that one. That was brutal, but that was part of a gentleman's sweep anyway. Uh, it was fun. I mean, I think the craziest part was that because it was the first uh, playoff game in Seattle since 2001, that no one sat down. So if I wanted to see the game, I had to stand for whatever it was, six hours. So, as it, you know, you can get the juices flowing for, you know, Red Sox in the World Series, but I didn't have a dog in the fight in Seattle. So I'm like, I, oh my God, I just want to sit down. But if I sit down, I can't <laughs> see the whole thing. But it's still fun. Hey, did, did they keep beer sales going when there's an 18 inning game? Or did that cut but off? No, after, I like, think they still shut it down. Oh, yeah, it was so those brutal. fans were just hung just over, run, running on fumes. Yeah. Um, which free agent is is the surest thing? You know what you know exactly what you're getting. Who's that guy? Sander Bogarts. Yeah, he just doesn't he doesn't miss any games. Like his his numbers are consistent. His defense is actually improving, and he just he's not an injury guy. And if he is injured, he'll still take the field for you. Like you know what you're getting out of Xander Bogarts, and it's not like I mean he did it in the American League East. If you can play in the AL East, you can play anywhere. Yeah, I'm. I, there's a part of me that still hopes that Trey Turner comes home to DC, but uh, he would kind of be my surest thing. Uh, 300 every year. Uh, I saw something. It, d- does speed age well? I keep seeing this debate for guys like you know, like Trey Turner, these these speedsters. Like, if you give him a seven eight year contract, is I don't know. Maybe Brian can jump in on this too. Is the speed age like power does? Like, how does that work? Ask Ask Carl Crawford. <laughs> I don't know, but it's. When you're that fast, I feel like at some point it has to diminish a little bit, right? When you get older. But I think Trey Turner is probably a little bit better conditioned than Carl Crawford was as, as he got towards the end of his career. 
<laughs> no, no disrespect to Carl Crawford. He was a beast back in the day. Didn't he get arrested? I think his son's like really good or something. First right? round draft pick. Is that what it was? Yeah. Didn't he get arrested? I don't know. I don't know if he got arrested. I saw T.O. knock a guy out outside CVS the other night, though. Terrell Owens can still run. I know that. Yeah, that speed, that speed age you like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some speed ages like milk. So that's just mm-hmm. one thing you have to keep in mind. Um, like who's the riskiest free agent, you think? Jacob deGrom. Uh, you're talking about like a 40 million AAV guy that you don't even know if he's going to throw an inning for you. Uh, yeah, I would say he's got to be the riskiest. I mean, people will say Verlander, but I mean, he's, he's gotten clipped twice. Uh, yeah, he's going to be 40, but he's a dog. He just won the Cy Young award. DeGrom is always an injury question mark and he's not going to come cheap. So yeah, I would say that's the guy. Frank the Tank says he saw him at a Chick Fil A outside Atlanta. So I don't know. Do you think? Do you think the Braves would be in on that? I, I got him going to the Rangers. That yeah. Why yeah, not? Yeah. That's one team. team really, it, yeah. It's gonna be some team that's just like, man, we suck. We gotta, gotta. We have some reason to have the fans show up. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. But at least we tried. Go get Degrom. I like it. Who's all right. Last one. Who's one free agent that you're, that you're banging the drum for. You're going to war for this guy. Maybe it's a buddy of yours. Like who, who's one guy that you're trying extra hard to get him a good job. Hmm. <laughs> Kevin Ploiecki. Kevin Ploiecki is a free agent. He's the ultimate glue guy. Yes. He's a backup catcher, but I've never met a person who played with Kevin Poecki who wasn't just head over heels in love with this dude. He brings clubhouses together. Uh, you saw it with the Red Sox in 2021, like the dancing on my own thing that carried over to the Phillies when Kyle Schwarber brought it there. Uh, pitchers love pitching to him. Like Jacob DeGrom, for example, loves pitching to him. Uh, Michael Walker, uh Nathan Avaldi, like a lot of these guys, I won't tell you which one, but like one of the, I, I asked a, a free agent pitcher. I was like, where, where do you think you're going? He's like, wherever Pawaki goes. So they, they love this dude. Even if you're a position player, reliever, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kevin Pawaki, if you sign him, will make your team better. Even if he hits 210, doesn't matter. Your team is is better because Kevin Pawlecki is a part of it. Orioles need a backup catcher. Just throwing that out there. There you go. You need those guys, man. They're the best. Got out. Jared, thank you so much for coming back on here, dude. This was great. Love talking to you, man. Congratulations on on everything you got going. So pumped and love listening to all your stuff, man. You're the best. I appreciate it. Let's uh let's do this again after uh we'll do a post winter meet. Once once all the guys find homes, let's do this again. Are you going to the winter meetings? I don't think so. Uh, as of right now, we don't have it booked, so I would imagine the answer is is no, unless we spend thousands of dollars on last minute flights and hotels, uh, which we've done in the past. We've done some stupid spending like that before. So I, maybe I'm going to say maybe, but probably not. It's the best. Just like it is the best ho- hotel conference rooms. You can see me maybe in the background of a live shot somewhere, just walking around. I feel there you, was you in the mix uh, there for a while. The last winter meetings that they had was also in San Diego. It was the December of 2019. 
And uh, me and Dallas, we were in the lobby after it got announced that Garrett Cole was signing with the Yankees. And we did like a video in the lobby, like reacting to it. And then we got in the elevator. We're going to go back up to, to Dallas's floor. And we're just standing there like against the wall. And there's these two guys in there and they're wearing like the, like their little like badges or whatever, and had angels on it. And they're literally discussing what their offer to Garrett Cole was. And they're like, yeah, I mean, you know, we offered him X and can't believe you didn't take it and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what do you mean you can't believe you didn't take it? You were fucking like $80 million off. What are you talking about? <laughs> like they weren't even close. And they were, they were like the, they were the team that was supposed to sign them. And like Garrett Cole even like made comments about that. This postseason. He's like, yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, I could be flipping burgers with, with Mike Trout and, you know, this time of year, but instead I'm, I'm pitching in a postseason game in the Bronx. It's like, cool, dude, you fucking got swept anyway. But uh, yeah, like you just, you never, you never know who you're going to ride an elevator with. And we were with like some people with the angels that were discussing what their offer to Garrett Cole was before he went to the Yankees. That's all mine. Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. We'll definitely have to circle back and do it again, man. Love having you on. Thank you again, dude. It's been great. We'll talk to you. Soon, I appreciate bro. it. Thank you again to our guests for this week, Jared Carabas. Before we get out of here, we have two last quick words. We wanted to give a shout out to friend of the podcast, Actions Over Words. It's an apparel brand with the mission of encouraging people to use their actions instead of their words. Uh, they donate $5 of every sale to different charities around the world. So be sure to check them out at actionsoverwordsapparel.com. Use our promo code N4L. Get 10% off of your entire order. Tees, hats, hoodies, and more. And finally, uh, check out our Not For Long Media family of podcasts. Tons of great stuff. Tons of great podcasts for you to listen to. Uh, the Colin Thompson Show with our guy Colin. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Also, be sure to check out uh, some of the other podcasts we have on our network, Two Girls, One League, and Aji's with Harry Mays and Jason Martinez. Thank you again to Jared Carabas, uh, and we'll see you guys next week. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. by the weight of